Hello and you are listening to the Tech and Tony Podcast Season 2 Well, Season 2021 Episode 27 Yes, it's episode 27 now And you're joining me, Darwin and Jeevan Again to talk about Yo. all things tech We're going to be discussing about, you know, a few things about tech And what we think was interesting that happened in this past few weeks At least for today You know, so last week a few, quite a few things happened, okay, especially in the realm of audio. Um, weirdly, yeah, a why. lot of audio stuff last week. Yeah, we started the week with you know Apple suddenly announcing, well, not Apple, you know Clubhouse suddenly announcing that Apple Spatial Audio is now on Clubhouse. So if you're using your AirPods Pro, or yeah, your AirPods Pro or AirPods Max. You can be talking, well, not talking, listening to people in spatial audio. Well, in 3D audio on Clubhouse. It's interesting. <laughs> so, you are basically going to be in the center of however many people are talking on stage? Kind of. I've kind of tried, you know, reality, well, not reality audio, sorry, sp- spatial audio on Clubhouse. And it kind of feels quite interesting because some people you're gonna get some people being programmed on the left side of your ear or on the right side of your ear and so far to me it's kind of random right it's interesting it's it's just a very interesting implementation of spatial audio but it does add somewhat to you know how close you feel to another person i guess it's interesting yeah and on that note both also launched a new headphone and this is to replace their you know old quiet comfort 35 mark 2 this is their new high-end noise cancelling headphone that is supposed to go up against uh, sony's wh1000x mark 4 i really think they should cut down the naming but yeah it's the quiet comfort 45 and it comes with slightly improved noise cancelling algorithm and a few more mics just to make the noise cancelling a bit better and it will set you back well at least at this point in US dollars converted to Malaysia ringgit is about a thousand three hundred ringgit that's not too expensive but we don't know what its price will be when it comes to Malaysia because they haven't announced anything regarding Malaysia yet (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so we have to wait. But anyway, we are excited about that because we do love noise cancelling headphones, don't we? Yep. Okay, Spotify was also in the news last week. They launched something called Spotify Blend. It's something of a shared playlist that you have with one other friend. And it's not curated by you, more like it's curated by Spotify's algorithm itself in understanding what you listen to and what your friend listens to and then just matches it up and create like a whole brand new playlist based on that musical taste kind of thing. Interesting. Yeah. So technically you guys have a Spotify baby together. Technically. So technically I can create something with Jeevan, you know, like we can do a blend playlist. But so far I haven't been able to access the function. Well, but it's available. Yeah, but I think it's also because Spotify tends to do like regional rollouts. Yeah, they do. But they say that this is a global feature now. So maybe just wait a little bit and you will see it soon. Hopefully. 
I don't know how it works just yet. We we want to try it. We want to try it, and and Definitely. we'll let you know when we try it. And then Qualcomm also released something called the AptX Adaptive. That is the APTX audio interface algorithm thing. Yeah, they the basically introduced AptX lossless. Hmm. Now, initially, I was a bit confused because AptX right. we already have uh, adaptive AptX Plus and a lot more standards under AptX. Yeah, this is a Qualcomm standard, by the way. So, like, yeah. it's not available on every headphone, but a lot of major fa- manufacturers out there includes AptX already. So, yeah. So the thing about it is, they initially announced it as AptX lossless. Mm-hmm. But when I went through the documents they sent over, it was Aptex lo- lossless is part of Aptex adaptive, huh? Where Qualcomm has figured out a way to give you CD quality lossless audio over Bluetooth. So it's like Sony's high DS DSEE Extreme. Yeah. So you get about if I'm not mistaken. It's up to four four one zero zero kilohertz. Okay, uh, with forty four k. Yeah, yeah. With better, uh, stability when it comes to connectivity, right? Because it will automatically upscale and downscale according to what your connectivity is like. What? Okay. Um. So it's basically like Sony's native technology, basically. Yeah. Apple's native, you know, upscaling technology. But they guarantee that you will have a better experience with lossless audio, right? Well, everybody says that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But really, I think audio really depends on you know the source itself as well. And yes, over Bluetooth, you do get a little bit of a latency and even like fidelity issues. But with Bluetooth five point two today, I think that's a very very minor issue. So. If you really want to get, you know, high fidelity experience, I think it has to come from your source as well. Yeah, right? and Aptex lossless will only be, I think, in most smartphones by the time we're in twenty twenty two year end, mm. Mm. because it's coming out with the newer processors. Right. So we still have to wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on from audio because. I think that's enough audio. <laughs> that was we'll a lot of audio. Yeah, and we'll move on a bit to imaging because Samsung last week launched, well, not launched, they announced a 200 megapixel camera sensor for smartphones. Why? <laughs> I have no idea. When I read it, they I already, was like, why? They already have a 108 megapixel sensor, by the way, that you can find on smartphones like the Xiaomi Mi 11 currently, right, and the Mi 11T or the Mi 11 Pro, right, because that comes with a 108 megapixel sensor. On the Samsung Galaxy S21 Ultra, there's also a 108 megapixel sensor. But we've always said you don't actually need that much megapixel, so yeah, and- 200 megapixel is just An overkill, I think. Yeah, and effectively, like if they do that nona binding or quad binding, you get one fourth the resolution. Anyways, mm. so yeah. mm. 
so you get 50 megapixel. But anyway, Vivo also launched something new for their imaging. It's their first ever own in-house produced imaging chip that I'm guessing will come into their new flagship photography smartphones or whatnot. It's called the imaging chip V1. Yeah, so Vivo, basically it is such a tease. They just announced that they created this chip called the imaging chip V1, but we mm. don't have any specifications. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, so we're like, okay. That's- but really odd. <laughs> according to what we know, it will be coming out with the X70 Pro, I think, mm. which is coming in a few weeks' time. Right. So Vivo is kind of interesting in, in our books because they do make some really weird stuff, but they sometimes come up with quite brilliant stuff as well at the same time, which is really odd. Their gimbal <laughs> stabilization is one of them. It's it's odd, but it works. Yeah. But at the same time, we don't know if we would recommend the phone to anyone at the same time. <laughs> yeah, because you can buy a lot of gimbals like separately from your phone. So. Yeah, mm. and I think also Vivo historically, at least for us, they've been very hit and miss with their phones. Yeah. But anyway, let's move on from there. Right, so WhatsApp, right? They announced something with, you know, Samsung. Last The last time they, they were talking about, you know, the Samsung Galaxy Fold, Z Fold 3 and the Z Flip 3, I guess. And they said that now you can basically easily transfer, you know, your WhatsApp uh, data from Apple to well, currently a Samsung smartphone, but they're trying to make it available to and all of the Android and iOS devices, which is quite interesting because switching platform has never been easier. And it used to be super, 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 super difficult. Like almost impossible. Like once you're locked in, you're locked in. Yeah, so, uh, but for mm-hmm. a caveat, it's only for Samsung phones and select Samsung phones. For now, right? Yeah, so, so my cousin will tried be bringing to, it around. My cousin tried to migrate from his Apple iPhone X to a Google Pixel 4a mm-hmm. and it would not take. Yeah, so for now it's only for Samsung devices. Uh, not all Samsung devices will take it. Um, and we'll just wait and see. I mean, it's easy enough to implement on an iOS, right? Because it's an iOS. It's going to be the same iOS for every other uh, iPhone that you find. But it's a bit difficult on Android because Again, fragmentation issues, but we will see. We will see. Yeah. And but, we are quite excited. That means but you know, it's people can also, just switch back and forth. Yeah. But it's also because apparently to do the switch, you need to use smart switch. Yeah, for now. Really, yeah. for now, it, it's just that. Uh, and we'll see what happens, you know. And WhatsApp is also a bit in like a hot water situation, weirdly, because they were sued for 225 million well, euros in Ireland because they broke a GDPR law about something about them not sharing ways that they're going to be sharing their data over to Facebook. Yeah, We've, so I think we covered this before. <laughs> yeah, we did. Basically, they were acquired by Facebook. About years ago, years, <laughs> years ago. three, four years ago. Yeah, 
And after that, they didn't update users on how Facebook will be accessing their data. Yeah, so Ireland thinks that this is a cause for asking Facebook for a lot of money, <laughs> I think. Uh, well, I think it's... Considering their new policies, I think it was needed. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a welcome fine, but yeah. it's still very little for a company like Facebook. To be fair, I'd rather, you know, have them explain how they're going to be using these user data with Facebook rather than just paying fines, you know, because it is important for us users to know what we're using and what we're signing up into. Although the last time we spoke about WhatsApp and this whole security issue thing, the security experts say, or at least the one that we consulted said that WhatsApp is actually one of the most secure platforms on earth currently so yeah you should sleep well knowing that at least i think i think apple yeah. and google was also being sued <laughs> in south korea yeah this one i find interesting because it's also related to the epic epic games uh lawsuit yeah because it is it will break the monopoly on how you pay for your apps and subscriptions over Android and iOS. Correct. So the lawsuit entails, you know, their monopoly over in-app or even, you know, on their app store's purchases, right? Because for now, when you go on their apps to purchase um, whatever stuff, right, you have to go through their own payment gateway. And... South Korea thinks that's a, that's a bit unfair. So, I don't know. We might see something else out of it, right? For at least Malaysia, they are starting to collaborate with other e-wallet providers, at least from what we know. So, we're going to see what comes out of it. This might just open like a whole you know, can of worms for all you know. Yeah, I think it's also to do with uh, protecting our developers. Yep. Because a significant cut from your subscriptions and your app purchases actually goes to these companies. Yeah. So especially if they're using, you know, their payment gateway, it's payment on top of payments. Yeah. Does that, does that make sense? Like So you, it, you have the app store fee mm-hmm. and then you have the transaction fee. Correct. So a portion of that money for the app itself goes to Google or Apple already for you know for hosting your app on their app store and then the payment the transaction on the payment is also chargeable from Apple and Google so that's kind of highway robbery (laughs) it's not really highway robbery but it's it is what it is right so they are trying to see if that's the right thing to do you know this is all part of this whole privacy thing and whether or not the, the tech companies are being are getting too powerful we know right anyway yeah, Skynet Asus also launched like a new lineup of notebooks what that's last week okay and what we find very interesting is their new studio pro art studio book Pro 16 and their Studio Book 16. Why? Because both of them come with you know a little dial thing. They call an they call it an Asus dial, 
that's sitting right underneath the keyboard not underneath but below the placement of the keyboard itself yeah and it's apparently adobe creative cloud compatible but the application is quite endless because you can actually use it as you know a volume volume dial or you know as a creative pen or creative wheel dial and stuff like that you can even use switching. it to scroll around imagine switching weapons using the dial when you're gaming that's not a very good way to use it <laughs> okay but it is possible like the application of it is not to say endless but you know there are creative applications that you can you can take advantage it uh, will help dial. us especially like when we're editing video and even audio like scrubbing through your timeline it could or yeah. it could be a completely different way of using it it really depends on what you want to use it for right and how you want to implement it now these are very very high end laptops so you can't expect them to be very cheap because they come with oled displays and you know oled displays are very very expensive okay and it's not a regular for, uh, 4k display as well it's not a regular 16 inch oled display it's a 4k panel but it's a 16 by 10 panel which makes things a bit more interesting and more expensive actually <laughs> yeah and pro art their big like creator move is that it's super color accurate yeah so these are very highly accurate color displays and very expensive cuz the top of the line studio book pro 16 comes with an intel xeon processor an intel xeon not a core i9 okay and an rtx A5000 studio graphics processor. That's not something that you would see in a normal gaming laptop because that's not a gaming laptop. That's basically a workstation. Okay. Yeah. So expect prices to go above 15,000 ringgit when it launches in Malaysia. <laughs> I will be surprised if it's lower. It won't be. <laughs> it <laughs> definitely will not be. But on that note, right? Asus has been launching like very, very interesting stuff these past few weeks. Okay, and one of them they launched an Asus ROG X Ellen Walker collaboration thing a few weeks ago, and it's starting yeah. to come into Malaysia. I think this week. And last week also they sort of announced the ROG Phone 5S, which we didn't get to talk about much. Okay, but It's basically an ROG Phone 5 with a slightly better processor. That's that's about it, right? That's why we didn't find it too alarming or too interesting to talk about. It's just yeah. that other is than it, them, they they they're not just this is not just an indication of them, you know, doing collabs and stuff like that. It's more of them going into lifestyle applications. Right? I yeah, the brand has been on a weird like trajectory of becoming more lifestyle than gaming correct especially with their ROG branding yeah and when i was in taiwan uh, a few years back mm. if you go into the ROG store you can actually see a whole wall just with like ROG uh bomber jackets t-shirts right. hoodies right. right so it's full on lifestyle uh merchandise yeah and Like I think the last ROG launch that we attended, well, not physically, right? On online, they were announcing not just like T-shirts anymore. They 
they like have a full fashion lineup now including bags like lifestyle messenger bags and sling bags and whatnot which is very interesting because they are not the only ones that are going into this right even aces predator is starting to sort of catch up in that sense and yeah like what acer has their own drink label now <laughs> the, oh predator God, shot. the predator the shot and yeah i think it's <laughs> it's not to say that these brands are changing the game that much no we saw this with razor at first so razor yeah. razor basically just introduced keyboards mice basically peripherals for gaming yeah and then they started calling themselves a gaming lifestyle brand which not just makes gaming mouse or gaming keyboard or gaming headsets or a PC anymore they started going into perif- not peripherals uh, apparels right so they've introduced their own bomber jackets they've introduced their own t-shirt lineup lanyards and all of those are those other really cool stuff and like ROG, Asus ROG and Asus Predator is just starting to get into the game. Yeah, it's very interesting to me, I think. It's interesting and I think the only brand gaming brand out there that we haven't seen like merchandise like this from is Legion. Alienware. Alienware <laughs> has it though. Yeah, but they don't actively Limited. sell them. Yeah. You, so, they don't actively sell these stuff like you see like people like Acer and Asus ROG having all this stuff in their store, right? You see Razer selling all this stuff in their store, but you don't see people like MSI and Alienware doing the same thing or even Legion, right? Because yeah. Legion is, I think for now, quite minor as a brand in, in the gaming industry. But even HP Omen stuff, you don't see it on the stores. I mean, we get these t-shirts from, you know, from the launches, right? We, we I have a Omen t-shirt with my name on it, but they don't actively sell these things. You can't actually find these things in stores. Yeah. And Asus, just like on the ROG Alan Walker one, they when you buy these things you don't just get like a laptop you're getting like a new kind of console box mixer thing okay that is special to that and you're getting a sock i don't know why <laughs> and you're getting things. a cap yeah the cap's quite nice but why a sock <laughs> <laughs> like a pair no, of socks but it's also more than that like when it comes to gaming lifestyle things we mm. see a lot of the brands doing things like gaming chairs. Mm. Uh, I think the most extreme I've seen is Razer releasing the plushie of their snake uh, mascot, Snakey. Mm. And I think for for me, the most eye-opening thing was the fact that ROG stores in Taiwan actually mm. have this whole wall of things that are Basically not tech related. It's just fashion items. It's fashion <laughs> items. It's just fashion items and basically laptop bags and caps and whatnot. I mean it's cool. It's really cool. These the stuff that they make, I will say, is really, really cool. But, but where do we draw that line between gaming lifestyle and fashion? 
yeah, it's suddenly becoming like you know tech brands becoming more lifestyle brands than tech brands, and we don't see this push just coming from you know brands like Acer or or Asus or even Razer. We are starting to see this push from mobile phone companies, right? Yeah. It's not just them anymore. It's now not just a gaming stuff anymore. It's people like Samsung pushing into the lifestyle side of things. It's not because they haven't been in lifestyle. It's because they're moving away from this perception that they are tech items, while this is now a lifestyle item. So, what do we do now? <laughs> yeah, no, and it's also uh, I think it's apt to say that tech is a lifestyle item. Mm. But at the same time, like when you are pushing lifestyle so much, where do you leave the tech? Like, that's a good question. <laughs> I I think one of the things that we were more, uh, we were more aware of was that mm. a lot of the tech that is being pushed as flagship nowadays is not. Take for that instance the S twenty one lineup. Hmm. If you go for the regular S twenty one, which you expect to be a flagship device, it's not. It, it sort of is because it's got that flagship sort of hardware. But like, if you really, really want like a full flagship, you're gonna have to spend more money on the S twenty one Ultra. Yeah, exactly. But they don't even sell that, you know, as a tag flagship. Also, they're like, this is the ultimate Galaxy S twenty one. Right, and you want it because it's this powerful and this powerful and this powerful, and you can snap a hundred and eight megapixel photos. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. When do we draw the line between tech and lifestyle? Like, I can yeah. understand that now our life is basically tech, especially now. Hmm. Meeting up and all that is still a bit of a, oh my god, it, type of situation. But yeah. at the same time, when it comes to Having a push into a lifestyle category, mm-hmm. brands like ROG, we've never, especially like as we grew up with ROG, mm-hmm. we never imagined ROG being this brand where they sell bomber jackets for two hundred ringgit, they sell caps <laughs> for eighty ringgit. Yeah, we always ROG was always oh my god, it's that laptop that you aspire to have. Yeah, but I I think it's a necessary push for a lot of these brands also, right? Because, look, how many people in the niche category of you know people who really know what they want in let's say a PC and stuff like that, how many people will actually be aware of these brands? So I think it is, in a way, a, a very necessary push for a lot of these brands. But at the same time, yeah, I do agree. Where do we draw the line now? Where do we stop? Because and I think at some point we're just gonna see like ROG branded store, and then we walk in, and everything is just apparels. They're gonna have like shoes, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like sneakers on display just for you know an ROG branding and stuff like that. And they're gonna have to start competing with brands like what Adidas stuff like this. And how? And I think for us, the most obvious thing is that when it comes to coverage, especially on our site right now, hmm. for us to choose between tech and lifestyle, there is hardly a line. 
It's difficult. It's, it is difficult. It's very difficult. Like sometimes yeah. you see, it's a vacuum. We're always asking, how do we review a vacuum? But at the same time, there's so much tech in it. Mm. And when you listen about the tech, you're like, okay, we can do this. And then you come back to it. But how do we angle it so that we don't lose the tech? So it it's not just a matter of like how you're pushing the brand. It becomes very confusing for media as well. And I'm not sure whether it spills over into regular people who don't have that interaction directly with brand people. Hmm. Like if you ask me now, I'll be like, yes, ROG is still a gaming brand, but they have fashion items. Yeah, they are gaming lifestyle brand. At the same time, yeah, I do think it's it's a good thing that lifestyle is bringing a lot of people closer to tech. But again, yeah. we're just gonna ask how far is too far, because and we'll leave with that, and because that's all the time we have for our podcast today. Right, so you do just let us know what you think about all of these. Uh, is this lifestyle push for all these brands a good thing, or is it something that kind of muddles the whole tech industry? Just let us know. Uh, you can let us know on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on and even LinkedIn. We are Tech and TV all across the channel, right? And if you want to email us, you can. You just visit our website at www.techn.tv. Our email is kind of like at, right at the bottom, I think. And you can yeah. find us there. You can read about all our articles from there. We have reviews there. You know, we just published the video for the Asus Spin 5. So yeah. give that a watch and let us know what you think, even about this podcast today. So thank you guys for listening. And we will see you. Well, not see you. I always say see you, right? But you can't see us now. So in your ears next week. We'll be talking to you again next week. And this is Darwin and Jivan from Tech Atomic Podcast signing out. Bye. See ya.